You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. another episode of Good Life, Great Life. And today we have with us Jeff Maines. Jeff is a five-time entrepreneur and the CEO of Champion Leadership Group, LLC. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we want to get to know you a little bit. I mean, a five-time entrepreneur. I mean, where did it all start? How did you want to become a an entrepreneur in the first place? You know, it was something that I've really done a lot of my life, even back into high school and finding you know, doing summer jobs and things like that, uh, doing lawn mowing, lawn services, things like that. And uh, in West Texas, it's incredibly hot. And so it made a, a lot more sense to me to be selling deals and hire other people to do it and actually do the fulfillment. So that was really kind of an early, early entrepreneurial venture that, uh, that turned into something even a little bit bigger. And so it just kind of continued on after that. Just so you always leverage for early on there. So you, you get yes. people and so other people to do the work <laughs> with you. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I just cool. found out it was something that I was really good at and really enjoyed and finding other ways to solve problems for clients. And so that's really been a, a theme throughout my journey is finding unique and new ways to solve problems for clients. Awesome. So what are people that are starting their own business? What are, what's some advice that you would give people? What are some of the early pitfalls that you would really give them um, uh, just advice on, on how to warn them about not, not falling into certain traps and certain uh, uh, just, just things that really people start to get people stymied when they first start a business. Yeah. I think one of the big ones is to be intentional. So a lot of people uh, are what I would say are accidental entrepreneurs. I mean, if you've yeah. ever read the e-myth, um, he talks about that in, in that book as well, but just, you know, entrepreneurs by accident. So what happens a lot of times is somebody will trade a, a job that's well-paying and has set hours and they decide that I'm going to be independent. I'm going to be my own boss and start a business. And so now they have a, a job that is a lot more hours, a lot lower paying, and, and now they have a lot more responsibility. So it, it's really be intentional in, in doing that. If you're going to make the, the leap, know what you're getting into. Uh, second, I would say work, don't go alone, work with somebody who has been there before and been there, done that, because you'll avoid a lot of the the dumb things that entrepreneurs do, including myself along the way. So having great mentors, I think is is key because I would not have made near as many mistakes as I have uh, had I really understood that early on. And who, who were some of those early uh, mentors for you? Some of them were business people. Uh, some of them were uh, just other other men in my life who really took a, an interest in me and and invested in me, even you know not really expecting anything in return. 
but somebody that just was a, you know, giving advice and I would take that. And so they were really in my corner on an ongoing basis, giving me that advice, just being that sounding board for me. So that was really instrumental in, in my success. And it's been really interesting dynamic. I've had that at different times in the, during the years and, and not. And just the, the difference between those two is uh, just a huge contrast in you know the, the way that I've moved forward, the way that I've been successful, or the way that I've fallen on my face, which has happened more than once. What are some of the important traits you think that um, folks need to really have to, to really start a successful business? I think perseverance is uh, probably number one, uh, because it is a very, very tough journey and things don't go as planned. I mean, you can have the greatest business plan in the world. And, and as soon as you go to market, the market laughs and, uh, and it, the market doesn't care about your business plan. They don't care about uh, your product that you think is great. They're going to poke a bunch of holes in it. So the, the journey is not an easy one. So perseverance and being able to overcome that. And, and it's not necessarily, um, how should I say it? It's not necessarily, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily attitude, but it is it's just the, the mental state, the mental capacity to, to stick with it and move forward, even when it's hard. So I think that's, that's a, a big one. And right there along with it is resilience. When you get knocked down, you stand back up and you get knocked down again and you stand back up. And, and that happens over and over and over again. And that really builds uh, it builds character. It builds the just that that perseverance and and resilience. So I think those are, are two really really important things to have. Yeah, and you hear you hear the kind of phrase people need to to fail their way to success. And so uh, I think that goes in uh, hand in hand with the perseverance part or the the uh, uh, just getting back up, the resilience piece of it. And and it's I think it's a good expectation to set with people is like you're you're probably going to fail and you're probably going to fail multiple times, but uh, the key is to, like you said, pick yourself back up, dust yourself off and learn from those mistakes and and uh, move forward. Absolutely. I think the only failure is to not try anymore, to give up. And so it, it's a matter of, of pivoting to make some changes, to adapt, to adjust and, and try again. So tell us a little bit about uh, the Champion Leadership Group. What, what, uh, what, what, uh, what does it do in general? Sure. We work with B2B SaaS entrepreneurs and help them scale in two different ways. One is in the, the journey kind of from one to 10 million ARR. And then we have a, a mastermind program that is 10 to 100 and really focus on building a business that is you know, high growth. So we want to accelerate that, that revenue growth. We want to build long-term value, which is very important if you're looking to raise capital or exit, which most of the founders are. And then number three is kind of echoes back to what I talked about earlier is that freedom. So it's one of the, the most elusive things I think for entrepreneurs is having the freedom that they really started their business to gain. And uh, it's a really difficult thing to do. So we really want to amplify those three things. Yeah. Like you said in the beginning, because uh, I, I think people start their own business wanting to ultimately achieve that freedom. Um, but as you said, uh, in the beginning of the interview, a lot of people they're working more hours than they ever imagined starting right, a business, right. they, and especially they did in their corporate job. That's exactly right. Talk about you. You, you mentioned about crossing the death valley when you're when you're growing revenue. What does that What does that mean? Sure, one in twenty five companies makes it to a million in revenue, and one in forty thousand makes it to ten million. 
And that is just a, a staggering number. And so that's what we refer to as, as Death Valley. So many companies get to that $1 million mark and continue on, and then they die along that trail, trying to get to three or five or 10, or they get stuck. That happens a lot too. They, they hit a revenue ceiling and those are normal. But it, the, the thing is, you don't want to stay there. You want to continue past that and move forward. So that's so what's really some what of the we, advice that you give give them to really get accelerate their growth and get past that. One of the biggest things I see, and I just call it entrepreneur syndrome, and and this is one of the big reasons entrepreneurs get stuck is they think that nobody can do it better than me. Um, you know, you think that you're you're the best at sales, you're the best at service, you're you're critical to the organization, but you can't be great at everything. And there are certainly things that you're great at as an entrepreneur. But there comes a point where you have to focus in on those areas that you are great at and turn over the areas that you're not great at. And sometimes that's a really tough thing to do. And, and I know this, but I don't think I've ever let anything go without leaving claw marks all over it. So you know, that, that's a really tough transition to make. But if you want to grow your business, if you want to be successful, that's a, a transition that you absolutely have to make. And it's a really difficult one for many entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right. I just I just sold one of my first businesses, and the person um, that was that was really taking it over. That was one of the pieces of advice I gave them. I'm like, look, if if there's someone that can do it at least half as good as you can, then then let let them do it. They'll get better at it, uh, but don't try to do everything yourself. So I, right. I think you're exactly right on that one. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. And and you think, well, if I let it go and they only do it half as good, then are we going to survive? But the reality is, a lot of times, if that is their strength. You may perceive it as half as good initially, but then what happens is those results are significantly better. And you find out, wow, yeah, that really is a strength for them. And, and it's a superpower. So that is something they're doing. I thought it was half as good. And now it's it, it's even better than I could ever imagine. So yeah, you know, I've I, experienced that as well. It's where people, it's like, I thought I was I was the expert in it. Right. And then when I was teaching someone else, I found out that they could do it better than I could. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It's crazy. Um, talk a little bit about your book. You have a book out there called Small Fish, Big Pond, Building a World-Class Business that Swims Circles Around the Competitors. Uh, what, what are, what are, uh, what's that book all about? Sure. That book is really about how to grow a business and uh, looks at it through a, a couple of different lenses. Uh, it's been described as a business book that doesn't know it's a business book. So <laughs> there is a, it's a, a mix of, of narrative and story along with uh, business principles. And so but we look at the, the world through a crazy lens. I've been able to, to connect a lot of things that are um, unique. And so we really explore one of those unique connections. So, you know, what is it that business owners can learn from the world of fish? And so there's a lot of examples in there about, uh, you know, what happens in the, the fish world, what happens in the business world, and a lot of parallels. So it's a, it's a really fun book. It's an easy read. There are additional growth tools. Uh, we got a 42-page growth toolkit that goes with it, training videos and some other things as well. But it's really about, you know, what is it that exceptional companies do well that mediocre companies don't? You know, why do some companies achieve rapid growth while others just kind of sink into the depths or get stuck? And so it's got the tools in there to help unlock those and move a business forward. Awesome. I, I, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to check that out as well. What's what's next for Jeff and, and what's next for Champion Leadership Group? What's what's the uh, what's the long term plan? What's uh, what's your mission there to in the next couple of years? 
Sure. We want to help 1,000 companies get to that $10 million mark. And so, and, and 10 million is not just a, you know, a specific number. I mean, some people may want to get to five and cash out. Some may want to get to 20, but whatever that number is, I mean, 10 is, is you know, the, the hardest, I think, to get past that is one of the things that's referred to as escape velocity, or, you know, you can make your, you have the revenue to make some more mistakes at 10 million that you certainly don't at three, three, it may be fatal 10, you may be able to withstand that. So we want to help a thousand companies get there. I love the clients that we work with. We work with some of the the most brilliant people I know. Um, but the, a lot of times they feel like they are the best kept secret. They're really high on innovation. They have great tools, but nobody knows about them. And so that's one of the things that we really work to, to fix is make sure and get the word out that they're, they're boarding clients, that they're paying attention to numbers, that they really understand the pieces of the business, whether that be financial or marketing or sales. Um, a lot of times they have, they're really strong in technology, but may not be as strong in some of those other areas. So I want to make sure that they have the right people in place. They have the right processes. They have a, a purpose. So it's really based on their mission, vision, purpose, and core values. But we want to help a, a thousand companies break that $10 million mark. And, and that's interesting. And I think that's um, somewhat unique too to technology companies is, you know, you have people that really understand the technology really well. And then other people understand the business aspects really well, but it's really, it's, it's hard to find people that really understand both and have a foot and on both sides of the fence there. Right. Right. And it's so important. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's a, a stigma or if it's just you know, a, a mental block, but a lot of times owners don't want to admit that they don't know those things. And that's a really hard place to be as an entrepreneur to know that you don't know as much as you should about finance or about, you know, how do I do a capital raise? What should I do? How should I structure equity? How do I do sales? What should my client acquisition cost be? Uh, what is net dollar retention? How does that affect the value of my company? And so it's it's all those things, but we don't know what, what we don't know for one, but then we don't know because we don't ask questions. You know, we're not open. And so that's one of the things that we've been able to do with our clients is really be able to, to create a space where they can ask those questions, where there is some vulnerability, where they can say, hey, I don't, I don't understand finance. You know what? There was a point where I didn't either. And it was something I had to learn. There's something we all had to learn. And so, but it's part of the, the process, just part of the business. And so it's really getting stronger in those areas maybe you don't know. And it doesn't mean you have to become an expert in that, but you do need to understand it well enough to be able to, to hire a CFO and, and understand what they're talking about. So it's, it's really making sure that you have the tools you need to be successful and really, as your company grows, a company will rarely outgrow its leader. And so the leader has to continue to grow and expand themselves in order to what I call fill the chair. So as the company grows, the leader has to grow and expand their capacity in order for the company to continue to grow and not become a bottleneck for that growth. Yeah, and there's there's a, a lot of good lessons and everything you just said there, um, you know, that you have to be a little bit humble, you know, um, and, and the key thing is, you don't know what you don't know. And, and that's why it's great to be part of mastermind groups and companies like your, yours can really help. And uh, uh, just uh, keep keep growing yourself <laughs> because like yes. you said, the company's, the company's gonna get capped of, of your limitations. And so you really need to keep broadening yourself. And that's what happens a lot. It's one of the main reasons that companies get stuck. And it's not necessarily a popular message, but uh, you know, it happens a lot with founders. I mean, the, the biggest bottleneck, go look in the mirror. You know, that's not a popular message, but that's that's mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah. But when we can remove those barriers 
and make sure that you have the, the tools that you need. You're around other entrepreneurs who have been there and are maybe a little bit further ahead on the journey. They can say, hey, have you thought about doing it this way? Or, you know, see how help you see things from a different perspective. That is an absolute game changer. So uh, we talked in the beginning, we talked about freedom. We talked about creating leverage uh, out there. Um, again, that's the ultimate goal of a lot of these, these uh, entrepreneurs is to get to that where right. they have they have the engine running, it's developing the income and that frees up their time to do whatever they want to do. Um, and we talked about, uh, you know, being able to entrust people with with certain tasks and, get, and offloading things off your plate to them. What are some of the other things that uh, really get to that point in their life where they have the freedom to do other things and their business is, is pretty automated? What are some other things that you really look at to really get them to that level? We do an assessment that's called a personal readiness assessment. Mm. And so it's something that we do, you know, personal readiness to exit. So, you know, are you really ready to do that? And so there's a, the business component and we want to make sure that we're maximizing valuation there, but there's also the human component. And so making sure that you're, you're thinking about those things. What is your number? Uh, what are the things that you need to be thinking about in your business? It's kind of sad. Just a statistic where I think it's 70% of owners, um, really regret selling within three years after they sold. And a lot of that is because they haven't done the right planning on the front end. So whether it's they sold for too little or their expectations were different, or they thought that something was going to happen with their company that that, that didn't, yeah, there's lots of reasons for that. So that's, that's one of the pieces is really making sure that you're personally ready as well as your company is ready to exit. Yeah. And, and do you see a lot of those entrepreneurs kind of going out and starting up other companies after they sell? I mean, they say that entrepreneurship, you really can't get it out, out of your body unless uh, without formaldehyde. So, <laughs> so I, I've, I've heard that. So are you seeing that too? People go off and just th that they have it in their blood. They got to go create something new. Yes. Yes. And and that's absolutely my story as well. I mean, people ask, you know, what are you going to do You know, after this or after that? I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, it's just, I, I can't stop. Yeah, I absolutely love it. About uh, half of the founders that we work with uh, in our group are uh, second-time founders. And so that's that's really interesting. A lot of them have gone on and, and done it again. And and I, and I love that, that they have that that drive, that ability, just the, the thought process of it's not over. So mm -hmm. just because I sell one thing doesn't mean that now it's time to retire. I, mean, I would be bored to death if I retired. Yeah. And so, but, you know, what's the next thing? What does that look like? And some of them have an idea, you know, the, the you know, what the next idea is. Some of them don't have any idea at all, but they know that it's out there. And so it's just part of part of the journey, part of searching for, you know, what's next? What what new problem can I solve? Cool. What's uh, what tell us a little bit about your work life balance. What are some of the things that uh, you know, I, how's your life right now after achieving having so much success, creating five companies um and and running the the Champion Leadership Group? Um what's uh What's your what's your work life balance? Is it where you want it to be, or do you enjoy spending more time working, or more time doing things uh, with family, or with your free time? Both. You know, I, I really enjoy working. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But that is something that I really do enjoy. And, and again, just because of the relationships, I absolutely love working with our clients and seeing their success. And I think that's that's kind of a change. Uh, it's not really about my achievements anymore. It's about theirs. And so that's just kind of a fundamental difference. And, and I just get super excited uh, when I see them do great things. Um, so my balance is 
you know, spending a lot of time there, I really enjoy that part, but I also like getting away. And so, you know, I have the ability to do that. So, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, on, in, or under the water. So my employees gave me the nickname captain. <laughs> so I'm always, you know, on, in, under, uh, so do a lot of scuba diving, uh, underwater photography, those kinds of things. And so you really have the ability to do that and get away and the business uh, will continue running. And so I have the ability for that to, to happen. And so it's really having the, the business and the value there, but also having the freedom. Now, at any given time, it probably swings one direction or another where, you know, I have more freedom. Uh, and then there's other times where I have other commitments, whether it's speaking or, you know, in the business or, you know, summertime, fall is, is just a really, really busy time. A lot of events and things like that. So, you know, not as much time then, but more time in the spring and over the summer. So there's definitely a balance and, and it's intentional. One of the things that I started doing about three years ago, and one of my mentors you know, told me to do this, I said, it was crazy. And I went and did it anyway, and I haven't stopped since. And that is at the actually get out a, a, a calendar for the year and plan out the year. We plan vacations, we plan time off, we plan uh, events that we know about. And a lot of those we do know about pretty far in advance. And so all of those go on the calendar. And so it's really, if you think about uh, Stephen Covey, Big Rocks First, it's that same kind of principle. What are the things that are most important on the calendar? But setting that out, and then I know exactly what I'm doing you know, six months from now, nine months down the road. And it's something that's been very, very free. And somebody calls and says, hey, can you do this in you know, January of next year? I can look at the calendar and I can say yes or, or no. Or yes, but we need to do it on these days. So it really gives a lot of flexibility and freedom and just managing the calendar and, and putting the things in there that really matter first. I think that's wise advice. Uh, the things that are important on there, get get those on the calendar and 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 not move them unless you, unless you really have to. Now, do you have like a daily or weekly routine as well that you uh, that you have? I do. So it, every morning starts early. And so, you know, pretty much talking 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 4 a.m. No, I'm not that crazy. 6 a.m. is, <laughs> is, is pretty normal. 6, okay. 6.15. Okay. So, so it's, you know, it's get up, it's hit the gym, it's come in, uh, you know, work. And, and really the, the focused work time is, you know, early morning until noon. And then a lot of meetings and other things happen in the afternoon. So really block out the, the schedule and try to work in 50-minute uh, sprints. I know that's something that uh, is, is unique to some people, but has worked really, really well for me. Instead of being interrupted by email or by phone calls or by other things, it's really set aside that time. And uh, and I work 50 minutes straight, uh, take 10 minutes, completely change my state, do something different, get up, get out of the office, you know, walk around, um, and then you know come back and do another one of those. And if I can get in two or three of those, in a day, far more productive than than just trying to to fit it all in in a normal you know eight or ten hour day. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then our routines sound sound pretty similar. I don't. I probably don't get up quite as early, but I try to get up <laughs> early. And uh, because you can, you can be so so productive. I'm very productive in the morning and just block everything out, turn off the phone, and just run for for about an hour. Uh, just getting stuff done and then taking the breaks. I think that's key too. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'll take a little break for lunch or I'll take the dog out or, or whatever, just yes. to free yes. my mind and then start up again in the afternoon with, uh, with, with whatever scheduled for, uh, uh, for the rest of the day. So I think that's great. What's seems um, to work well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more people really need to do that. Cause like you said, you get a lot more done, 
um, in, a, in a shorter amount of time uh, when you when you follow those those methods. That's pretty cool. Uh, we're we're wrapping. We're running out of time a little bit. But um, how can our audience get in touch with you? Learn more about uh, Champion Leadership Group or just connect uh, with everything that you're about. Sure. Well, they can go to championleadership.com, find out all sorts of information there. Uh, the book website is smallfishbigpond.com. And you can find me on all social media. It's at Jeff K. Mains, Jeff, middle initial K, last name Mains, on all platforms. Awesome. Good stuff. Really enjoyed this conversation, Jeff. Our guest today has been Jeff Mains. He's a five-time entrepreneur and the CEO of Champion Leadership Group. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being with us today. Thanks, Brian. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good Life, Great Life, brought to you by Brian Highfield. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and stories. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.